I remember being at my best friend's house and we, we were having a dinner with his family and they're a really cool family. They're awesome. Um, and we're having dinner and the house phone, back when people had house phones, the house phone rang. And when my family, if the house phone rang, we went up and answered it. And the house phone rang and it's ringing. It's just, everyone's just sitting there having their dinner and it's mm-hmm. ringing. And I'm, I don't think anyone's, I don't think anyone's noticing it. So I'm actually like, um, um, uh, Mr. Mullen, like, um, the phone's <laughs> ringing. He, he's like, the phone's for our convenience, not for theirs. Yeah. Just like I was, and that was such a, like, oh my God, you're right. Like the phone is for us. Mm-hmm. It should never, ever be allowed to be a disruption of what is actually important to you. We are here because we know the outcomes in our lives are within our control. That taking absolute ownership of how we eat, sleep, train, think, and connect with each other is how we'll optimize our health and happiness. That chasing excellence is how we grab hold of what is possible. Our mission is to live on the run, always chasing, never stopping. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Chasing Excellence. How are you, Ben? Doing good, Pat. Thanks. <laughs> Today we're gonna we are going to um, bring the three by three back. So the three by three is a show format that we've done a few times now, where I present you with three ideas and then you give us your you know, your three hot takes on each of those ideas. All right. Boom. So today we're gonna do the the three that we're gonna do today. Three things everyone should do every morning. Three tips for parents of teenagers. Mm. and three ways to stop being addicted to your phone. Mm. Which one do you want to do first? Let's do them in order. Okay, cool. Yeah. So three things. What are your three things that everyone should do every single morning? Okay, the first one would be something that we've talked about before, which is, I'm going to say this as, as, a, as a negative, as a don't do, and I'll turn it into a do, as don't snooze. Like mm. don't hit the snooze button. So in terms of what should you do, wake up when you're supposed to wake up. Now, Here's what people, I think, because I was a, a chronic snoozer in my life before this life. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and the thought process I had was, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll set the alarm before I need to wake up. If I need to get up at, you know, um, six, I would set it for 545 yep. and I would snooze once or twice. And the thought process being like, that will make me feel like I'm sleeping in more. Well, all you're doing there is disrupting your sleep. You're actually getting worse sleep than you could. And people have talked about like, well, what about timing your REM cycle so you get up at a certain time? Like, okay, if you're going to do that, fine, but you're still not snoozing. Right. And actually what they found is that waking just a few extra minutes of sleep is better than, it's more valuable than the timing of when you wake up. So that's kind of debunked anyway. Mm-hmm. The idea behind this is if you are snoozing in the morning, essentially what you're doing is the very first thing you're supposed to do that day you're not doing. Mm-hmm. You're actually procrastinating the very first thing. Now, if you do it the other way, which is you wake, the alarm goes off at 6 a.m. and you get right out of bed, you're now becoming the person that does things that they're supposed to do. You now do hard things. Like mm-hmm. It's hard for everyone to get out of the bed when they're supposed to, when it's still dark out and it's cold out. You're the type of person that dot, 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 does hard things, follows through on commitments, um, um, is a go-getter, does get up early, you know, doesn't procrastinate. Like there's a lot of self-fulfilling prophecies that will extend off of this practice. It seems it's such a tactical, actionable, um, it seems like such a small thing. It's kind of like the, the, the Navy SEAL commencement speech of like, make your bed. Right. Don't diminish the, which could have been another one of these things. Don't, 
Um, don't chuck this because it seems so small and so insignificant. I believe you win the morning, you win the day. And this is the very first thing in the morning. Yep. Cool. Okay. That's one. What's number two? Move. So call it exercise if you want. Call it stretch. Call it um, whatever you want, but move. There's so much science. You know, it's been done with uh, um, uh, the book is called Spark um, by Reedy, who created this program um, that's gone nationwide. It actually started in my kid's school, which is amazing. Mm. It's called Box, okay. um, which is there's so much science now that's your, when you move, create blood flow. So move is exercise. Like when you do this, you actually are creating greater um, capacity to your brain. Kids that move before school, it used to be the opposite. It's like literally the, the, the thought behind this was you got to get kids to relax hmm. and chill out and don't get rambunctious. Don't get all worked up. Don't get all hyper. And like, so they would try to keep kids as calm as possible for school. Yeah. Well, it's just the opposite. You actually have greater, um, brain capacity from a executive function to memory, to problem solving, um, to all the things that you need to do throughout your day. If you exercise first. Now, if you're the type of person that, um, likes to exercise or because of scheduling purposes, exercises at lunch or after work or classes, or whatever that mm -hmm. might be. I get it. That's fine. I'm not saying switch up everything. What I'm saying is move. Like yeah. literally like um, we could call it stretch if we wanted to. You could call it um, do um, 20 push-ups and 20 squats, but you got to get some sort of blood flow going. You will feel, I, this is, I don't do guarantees, but this is as close <laughs> to as we could get. Like I feel really confident that you on a long enough timeline of doing this will feel better. It'll be a big, big thing. Even if you're the type of person that goes into the gym for three hours after you work out, try to do something before you go. You leave the house. Yeah, or, not, I shouldn't say before you leave the house. Before you get your day started. Right. right. Before you go to work. Before you go to school. Before you whatever it is that you get into the daily routine of things. Now you 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 wake up and get to the gym and work out. So I assume you're I wake not up at doing... five twenty five every morning. And so <laughs> the other thing would be like maybe another one of these. It's not on the list. Is like routine it right mm -hmm. like you want to create, become a slave to your habits so you don't have to think about these things um but yes to answer your question i get to 525 i'm out the house out of the house every day at about 605 um i'm at the gym at 615 i stretch on my own for 15 minutes before i take the 630 class mm -hmm. um after 630 so class my question was going to be you don't feel the need to wake up at 545 if that's what you said and stretch for 15 minutes because you know you're going to be in the I'm, gym and before my day gets started um before my day gets started when I coach my first class at 8:30 um I've already worked out for about 90 minutes right. you know that's kind of the idea behind this cool. 90 minutes 2 hours um anything if you were to be really prescri prescriptive about okay wake up assuming that you're not the type like yep. you and I both work out kind of first thing so that's if the if for those folks who aren't in that boat what like stretch? Okay. That's really loose. But like, it, like, could you give like, what would you, what would you suggest if they're like, okay, what do I do? What, what do you, what should I do? You know, I, um, like, is I, it, is the idea just like literally just move a little bit or do they want, do you want a little bit of elevated heart rate? I want them is to it, move. Okay. I want you to move. Now everything else is, is an added benefit, yeah. right? Like moving is like, when I say moving, I mean, um, blood flow. Yep. So that could come through, um, an elevate an elevator heart rate would be nice, but you know if if somebody's doing like passive mellow yoga or like tai chi, yep. like you're probably not elevating your heart rate, yep. 
but I'm cool with that. Like we're bringing things to a full range of motion. So I, I don't want to be prescriptive of it because I think that really almost anything will help. Um, and then I, I don't want to say like do CrossFit because if someone's like, I'm not gonna do CrossFit, then they're checking out. Yep. I'm literally saying like anything, like jump on a trampoline, mm. like a little personal sized three foot trampoline, put that, you know, in your garage yeah. and jump on that for two minutes straight. Tony Robbins does that before. He does. I know he does. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, and he's there's like, a reason for he's it. like 12 feet tall. So yeah, if, if he could, well, yes, he get like the the, the <laughs> cathedral ceilings. That's right. Yeah. Okay, so we've got uh, don't snooze, move, and I hope this last one rhymes too, but it probably doesn't. What's the last one? Oh, don't snooze. Yeah, yeah, close <laughs> kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, five minutes. Mm-hmm. You fill in the blank, but five minutes of journaling, meditating gratitude practice, reading, setting intention, scheduling out your day, like whatever that might be, sit for five minutes and um, center yourself. Mm -hmm. Now, whatever you feel like the practice is for you that will center yourself, do that. Mm -hmm. So what I do is um, two of those things. I do um, reading and I do scheduling. Mm -hmm. So what I'll do is... Um, you know, we're all family here. We're all friends. I sit on the toilet and I read the daily stoic mm -hmm. and I underline the, the key points of each day. Um, so daily stoic is a book by Ryan holiday that kind of talks about stoic philosophy and it's a one page per day. It's like a per day yeah. read. I've also done it with Tony, Tony Dungy's, uh, it's an, another day thing, but it's like how to be a great dad or something like that. I can't remember. I, did not, I don't know that one. Yep. Yeah. Um, I've also done it with, uh, you know, um, like these day, the daily ones I kind of like, cause they know it's going to, it's three to five minutes. And then what I'll, I'll do then is I'll pull up my calendar and literally just kind of walk through and kind of like, almost, I don't want to say visualize cause that's a little more than what I'm doing, but I'm kind of like, this is what I have. This is what I'm doing. And like, I'm like today I was like, there's the podcast. And so what I was like, okay, I want to make sure that, um, I'm kind of ready for this. So what I'll do is in this time slot, I'll sit down and think about this and kind of think about these things ahead of time. Or maybe I'm uh, meeting with um, um, Katrin um, someday, so I want to get ahead of that. So I'm like finding what I'm going to do in the slivers of my time. Where are my breaks? Where can I get some food? And kind of setting up the intention along with that scheduling thing. Yep. Kind of visualizing the whole thing so I know the to begin with the end in mind. Yep. Got it. Okay, so three things. Don't snooze, move. And how would you, what was, what's the take simplest? Five minutes. Like, take five minutes. Okay. Take five minutes to center yourself. And okay. you fill in the blank, whatever you think centering means. Yep. Um, how much, just before we drop the one, because the, the, the first thing that popped in my head is that I think a lot of people are doing anyways is pour a cup of coffee and stare at the wall for the first five minutes. Are you, is there something about, is there something kind of proactive about those five minutes that you feel like is useful? Or is it simply the mm -hmm. process of like, being quiet for five minutes yeah. and, and not like whatever it is, yeah. not, not getting hit in the head with emails and whatever else. Yeah. I think if you want to sit and stare at the wall and kind of let your mind go blank, I'm cool with that. What you don't want to do though is sit staring at the wall and let your mind race and go crazy and get stressed out. Yeah. So if that's your practice for you to, I like where you said still like, yeah. you know, Ryan Holiday's new like stillness, yeah. I, yeah. that idea of five minutes of like, um, parasympathetic nervous system, right? Mm -hmm. I was going to start like trying to do without jargon, but like <laughs> five minutes of like, um, rest and digest five minutes of like just chilling, yeah. um, 
And I think that any of those practices I just laid out are, are tools and tactics mechanisms to do any one of those three, those things. Cool. Okay. Those three things everyone should do every morning. Next one is three tips for parents of teenagers. Okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to take this, um, literally. Mm-hmm. So this is for of teenagers because there's different things I would do with, um, toddlers yep. than I would with, um, <coughs> grade schoolers. Um, this is specific to teenagers. Um, so teenagers presents a unique problem in terms of it's kind of the rebellion years where they're trying to really, um, they actually find, um, it's for the first time ever they're, they feel more attachment and closeness to their peer group than mm-hmm. they do their parents. So for that reason, I think that the most important thing that parents of teenage kids can do, there's a lot of things, right? But I really believe continuing the strong relationship and bonds. You know, we've talked about the five factors of fitness. One of those major, major ones is connection and relationships. Mm -hmm. What they found is the number one indicator for success later on in life and success, not meaning how much money you're making, but in terms of fulfillment and um, happy with where you are in your position in life is the strength of your relationships with your parents. Mm -hmm. So because of that, these things are going to be kind of centered around that. I really believe parents being proactive, and this is not going to be about like creating rules and boundaries and not letting people do this. And uh, it's, it's all of this is centered around that fact of what can you do to increase the relationship with your kids. Mm-hmm. So the first one, it sounds kind of so obvious, but it's of any relationship if you're a coach of a team, you need to do this. If you have four kids, you need to do this. If you ha- are a manager of a team of um, three or 300, you need to do this. And it's spend time one-on-one with that kid. Yep. Not with the other four kids, not with your friends, not with your spouse and that kid. Like literally you. People kind of like, brush past this. Mm. If you have a basketball team, people think about managing the team and they never build the one-on-one with that one individual. You have a, as a coach, as a parent, you have to manage a lot of different relationships. But the number one most important is not how your siblings get along. It's not how your family as a totality gets along. It's literally you with that individual. If that isn't maximized, none of the others can. They will only rise as high as that one barrier. So you want to make that one as high as you can. Grow the can as big as you can. Then we'll try to fill up that can as much Mm -hmm. as we can. So one-on-one time, whether that's like, you know, car rides or um, date days or whatever that might be, spend the one-on-ones. I can remember like one of my favorite days every year growing up as a teenager. This is when I was a teenager. Um... On a half day in the school year, my dad would pull, would, um, we would skip school. Mm-hmm. And the night before, it was always on a, the first Wednesday. If, I don't, is this every school? The first Wednesday of every month is a half day. No, I've never heard that. Really? Yeah, I don't think I've ever okay. heard that. Okay, so in, Ma- in, did you grow up in Massachusetts? Yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay, so where I grew Maybe up. Maybe your dad was just lying to you. No, 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 no. This was, <laughs> this is because our, so the first Wednesday of every month was a half day. So what we would do is on Tuesday nights, just me and him would go up and spend an overnight at a at an inn at a ski mountain and then mm-hmm. ski the next day, just the two of us. Mm-hmm. And we do that once a year. And he would do it with my other 
two brothers. Those were same thing with the other two brothers. Yeah. Yep. Those were magic. Okay. That was amazing. So, um, I think that's really important. The one-on-one time. Yeah. Love that. Okay. Number two. Um, so similar to what I just kind of mentioned is that maybe a nice segue is we went skiing. We did something I liked to do. Mm-hmm. We didn't, let's say my dad was into bowling, right? He wasn't, but we didn't go bowling. Like he made it sure it was something that I enjoyed doing. So if you really want to get engaged with somebody, meet them on their level. Don't pull them to yours. Mm. If you want to, you know, so the idea is if they like video games, like sit down and play a video game. I know video games suck. Mm-hmm. Like, but if you want to meet them, show them that you're interested in them. We are constantly pushing our kids to do things that they are not that in. Did you do your homework yet? Did you clean your room? Um, don't stay out too late. You got to come home from your friends. Like we're constantly putting these things and we're never going to them. Mm-hmm. Let's actually lean towards them a little bit and meet them where they are. So if it's video games, if it's um, art, like go take an art class with them. Yep. If it's skiing, if it's... Um, they're really into making or listening to music, whatever it is, go do what they, and watch them open up. Mm-hmm. Meet them in their environment where they thrive and they feel ultimately comfortable. So go do what they like with mm-hmm. them. Is that, is that directly related to the first one, the, the one-on-one time, or, or, or is that even broader? Yeah, I, I would love it to be the one-on-one time, but yeah. don't limit it to that, right. right? Like if they're playing video games and they're with their three brothers, you know, like jump in with that. Right. You know, like if, um, Bodhi and Bodhi loves to wrestle, like he's like, he just loves the physical contact of that stuff. My seven-year-old last night I wrestled, we literally like turned the living room into a wrestling rink, (laughs) put all the, all the cushions up against the tables and the walls. And we laid down every blanket we had. And I, I wrestled for a half hour with Bodhi and Harley. Mm -hmm. Now that's, that's, I think that's phenomenal because I'm doing what he likes to do. It's, it's that contact time now, but it's not one-on-one, but I'm not gonna say like, no, 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 I'm going to wait. Right. Right. Don't, don't use that as the, as the unnecessary disclaimer for saying yes or no. Okay, cool. First two, what's the last? Okay. The last one is, um, I want to I want to get these kids away from their phone technology headphones out in the real world to have conversations. So you can use this at a whole bunch of different places, but you know, I get like I have two teenagers, like um, to get them off their phones, to pull their headphones off, to get them off screens. If you're doing it any other time, you're nagging. Like if you're in the car ride and they're scrolling through their phone, you're like, would you put that phone down? Like, let's have a conversation. You're the nag, Mm -hmm. right? If they're sitting on the couch and they're scrolling, you're like, you know, could you just like talk with us? Like you're the nag. The only time that that doesn't sound like nagging and the idea behind this is I want them to do that. Mm -hmm. I want them to have real conversations. I want you to be able to talk with them is the dinner table. Like the dinner table, if you say that you're not... it. They kind of get it, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like, um, if they're at the dinner table and they're scrolling through their phones. Yeah, it's funny. Dinner tables are like, the phones have not infiltrated dinner. If they do, then they, they understand that they're being like the, the, the rebellious teenager that they're like, like, (laughs) you know, screw you mom and dad. I'm going to like, I'm checking out right now. And if you go there, it's like, okay, you can put, that's the one place and then you put these parameters up that you don't sound like you're overbearing. Yep. So to do that. You have to have family dinners. So that's <laughs> yeah. my take is like yeah. have family dinners. Yep. There's so much research that goes into the power of communal eating. 
teams, sports teams, elite sport teams, and the military know this by default. And they purposely do it because they realized through research the power of bonding with eating together. When I had a a CrossFit team that was training at the games, we ate together Mm -hmm. a lot. I made sure of it because that's when real bonding happens. So to really bond, create a relationship with your kids and your family, have sit-down family dinners. Now, I struggled with this massively for the first five years of our marriage. Mm -hmm. We tried really hard to have family dinner once a week. And realistically, that happened less than once a month. If Mm -hmm. I'm like totally honest, it did not happen. We were the modern family, right? Where everyone's got a different schedule. Everyone's eating a different meal. Um, So because that, we we weren't the TV family, but everyone's kind of doing their thing. We shifted it to, because what we try to do is like we waited until everyone would eat together. At the same time, we went in the dining room and we sat down with this one big meal and it just never happened. Right. And this is when we used to do goals nights and we've talked about goals nights. So it was once a month at best. We totally reframed and reached, like reframed and shifted our paradigm on what a family dinner was. It doesn't matter if one kid isn't there because they're at soccer, you know, dance practice or they're um, with at a friend's house. That's not a reason not to have everybody else there. And because everyone might be eating a different meal, that's another reason not to not have a family dinner. Right. So the idea is whoever is in the house. Whoever is there sits down at the same dinner table and eats whatever they want. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, we don't even think about this anymore. It's literally become an every single night thing. It's so cool, Pat. It's yeah. so, it's game changing for us. Yeah. And yeah, now- just loosen the definition up. Yeah, a bit yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. It doesn't have to be perfect. Yeah. Perfect is is the enemy of, of pretty damn freaking good, right? <laughs> yeah. So what we're doing now is pretty damn freaking good. Yeah. If we waited for perfect, it's never it's it's gonna happen less than once a month, which yeah. is what it was. So yeah, you, you mentioned it before for one of the other ones, but create the routine. And it sounds like that that's in a large part what you did. Do you do it at the same time every so night? So sometimes uh, or, we or try is it, to. It's around. Yeah. Yes, we do. It's around like 6.15 for yeah. us. So it's a, it, it, a little but, bit of wiggle room. But like that. last night it was 6.35 because I was wrestling with the kids. For <laughs> right. real. Like that's yeah. honestly yeah. the reason. Yeah. Um, and then so we well, there's tons of wiggle room. And then the other thing is like what we used to do is like if sometimes Heather eats, she's... Um, Sometimes she eats really early. She eats mm-hmm. at 4.30, like her children or dinner. And what we used to do is like, okay, Heather, I'm like, Heather, you like you eating with us? Are you having dinner tonight? And she's like, no. I'd be like, okay, then that's kind of free-for-all for everybody. Right. Now, it's like, okay, but that doesn't mean we don't sit at the table. And she doesn't join us. Mm-hmm. And she sits there and joins us. Mm-hmm. So Jonah had dinner at school. He goes to a, a, a prep school and they have phenomenal food. Um, sometimes after he has practice, he'll eat at the school. So he ate at the school, but when he came home, he still sat at the dinner table with us. He just didn't eat. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's totally, that's okay. Yeah. Don't fight for perfect. Just let it happen. Love that. Okay. So there was one-on-one time, do what they love, not necessarily what you yeah. want to do and eat dinner together. Yeah. Love those. Yeah. Those are good rules for really anybody. Huh. Um, okay. The last, the last of the three by threes, three ways to stop being addicted to your phone. 
don't be a teenager. That's one number one. <laughs> don't be a millennial. <laughs> don't, be, don't be born after the year of 19. I don't know what millennials are, but don't, don't be born after I, the year of Technically, I'm a millennial. What is, that, what is right, millennial? It's 81 to 95, I oh, think. Yeah. So, oh, so there's like, a new, what's the next generation then? What is uh, that called? Gen Z? Z, Z yeah, I think. Okay. I think. I might be skipping one, but I, I I'm Gen I, X, I think, right? Yeah, I think you were probably right at the tail end of X, and I'm. At the and when Gen very, X, very, them, them millennials? So, yeah. It's so crazy how those, like, the stereotypes mm-hmm. of those um, generational gaps are are, are are pretty good. <laughs> they're pretty, like, yeah. they're crazy, right? Yeah. Like, you actually, like, I don't know, it's wild. Um, anyway, that's a different, that's a different podcast. <laughs> okay, so, um, so yeah. Three ways to, to not, not be, be addicted, addicted or to phone. be less addicted to okay. your phone. Okay, so let's... So people right now are going like, well, this isn't for me. I'm not addicted. Well, let's put some, some, some definitions to what an addiction is. If you wake up and before you get out of bed, you reach for your phone, you're addicted. Mm-hmm. If you um, move from room to room in the house with your phone in your hand, you're addicted. If you are um, bored and there's not much else to do, and you instinctively reach in your pocket and pull out your phone to see what's, you're addicted. Mm-hmm. That, the, that is an addiction. That is what we need to try to break. Now, the reason for this is people are like, well, what's the big deal? Like, I just, I'm on my phone. There's research that shows that if you spend over 90 minutes a day on social media, and people do that through their mobile devices, if you spend not more than 90 minutes a day on social media, your suicidal thoughts go up by 60%. Now, people might be like, well, I'm not, I don't have suicidal thoughts. Let's shift it. Depression. Mm-hmm. I'm not depressed. Shift it. You're comparing to other people. You have negative thoughts. You have more negative thoughts. Negativity eats away at productivity. Mm-hmm. So you are going to be less productive because of the time you're spending on your phone. One, you're just eating up minutes and hours that you could be spending on something else. And the next is because it's actually poisoning your brain. Mm-hmm. Your thoughts become your words, your words become your actions, your actions lead to your realities and your, de- your destiny. What we need to do is control your thoughts. If you can control your, th- the mechanisms that we can do that is by pulling yourself away from this distraction, which is your mobile device. So we need to break this habit. And it's really freaking hard because these companies have positioned them just like casinos do it. Casinos, everyone gets it with a casino, right? The goal of a casino is to keep you in the casino so you spend more money. The goal of these social media platforms and these games that you have is to keep you on the social media platform and the game. They're literally creating the most addictive environment they can and they work with social and psychologists and brain hacking people to figure out what is the most addictive thing that we can create. That's literally, they spend millions of dollars to it because it's billions of dollars to them. Mm -hmm. It's really hard to break this. There is a dopamine, a chemical response in your body that makes you want to go there. Just like there's a dopamine response to gambling, drugs, alcohol and smoking. It is the same chemical response. We have to break this because if you do, you will create greater fulfillment and happiness in your life. So 
How do we do that? Mm -hmm. Step one is obviously the awareness factor. You have to, it's like AA, right? You have to admit that you have a problem. So everybody that's listening to this right now, that's going, well, I don't, I'm not addicted, but you're literally like staring at your phone as you're saying that. And you have your phone, you're checking your phone at traffic lights and you wake up in the morning, you check it and you have it in your hand as you're walking around and between sets at the gym, you go and check your, that's an addiction. You have to be aware that this is a problem that needs your attention and solving. Because it's the same thing that alcoholics do. They go, no, it's under control. Mm-hmm. I got it. It's not a problem. It's not harming me or anybody else. And all of a sudden, it's too late. So the first one, excuse me, <coughs> excuse me, um, is realizing it's an addiction. So from there, what we want to do, the second level of awareness is like, okay, it's not social media. It's like, text or it's phone calls or it's voicemail is realize I can remember this when I was a kid I think I've talked about this before I can remember being at my best friend's house and we we were having a dinner with his family and they're really cool family they're awesome Um, and we're having dinner and the house phone back when people had house phones the house phone rang and when my family if the house phone rang we went up and answered it and the house phone rang and it's ringing it's just everyone's just sitting there having their dinner. And it's mm-hmm. ringing, and I'm I don't think anyone's I don't think anyone's noticing it. So I'm actually like, um, uh, Mr. Mullen, like um, the phone's <laughs> ringing. He, he's like the phone's for our convenience, not for theirs. Yeah. Just like I was, and that was such a like, oh my God, you're right. Like, the phone is for us. Mm-hmm. It should never ever be allowed to be a disruption of what is actually important to you. So whether you're using your phone for email, voicemail, social media, texting, or calling, it should only be there because it's a greater convenience for you. If you are doing something and you get that bing, that little notification that you got an email and you jump to it, you are now a slave to the technology. You should be working on what you should be working on. First things first, be productive. Don't let anything distract you away from that. And that ping thing is terrible. So what you can do is remove all of those things. You should never allow a push notification to come through on your phone. Totally. Get rid of, this is very tactical, get rid of push notifications, turn off your ringer. Now I get it. If you're um, a mom and your kids are sleeping over at someone's house, like don't turn off your ringer. There is a hack to that. If you put, at least on iPhones, if you put somebody in your favorites list, their calls will still come through when you you have the do not disturb. So get that do not disturb button. So like random calls can't come in and distract you at all. Make sure you don't have notifications for text. And the worst thing is what people have now is like their phone isn't with them, but now they have it on their watch. Mm -hmm. And now it's like, oh my God, a distraction. Oh my God, distraction. Oh my God. And now your mind is swirling instead of laser focus. Multitasking is a fallacy. Human beings cannot do it what you can do is one thing but you're doing one thing it's while task thinking. switching you're by thinking about something else so now what you're doing is you're just switching from thing to thing to thing never getting in flow state never getting in the zone never actually doing deep work it's like you gotta get off of this like bells and whistles distraction type thing it can take it can take you about 20 minutes sometimes up to 20 minutes to refocus on an original task once you are distracted from it so if you think about if you're doing something and you check your email yeah. or, or a Bing comes in and then you go, it's another 20 minutes before you get back to the place mentally sure. yeah, yeah. that you that you just got distracted but from. But you're going to get distracted during much, that 20 minutes. Yeah, imagine you're how much, another one. Imagine how so much what happened is longer. you yeah. feel really busy. Totally. You feel like you're doing a lot, but you're not producing you're anything. Spinning. You're just spinning your yeah, wheels. Totally. You are literally 
a car trying to racetrack, but you're on ice. A couple good books. Um, Digital Minimalism by Cal Newport and Indistractable by Nir Eyal. Oh, cool. I think Cal Newport did Deep Work, right? Yeah. The, yeah. D, uh, Digital Minimalism was his follow-up minimal. to that. Yeah. Very cool. Both very good. Okay. Kind of like along with that is um, every time that you don't answer an unknown call. Every time that you don't respond really quickly to a, a text message, every time you're tempted to go on your social media, but you don't, you're saying no. Mm-hmm. What they found is that the highest achievers in business, sports, and entertainment say 7,000 no's to every yes. Mm. It's kind of the same thing you were just saying, right? Yeah. Don't allow someone else to control what you're trying to create with your life. You need minimalism. I love, I like, I'm a huge fan of that. Less things, less cluttered mind, less um, notifications, bells, less things in your inbox. Like yep. the less distractions you have, the greater you have to push your life towards what you want to create. Yep. So that's like, I love those actionables yep. of like um, the do not disturbs. Um, the notifications, um, and then read digital minimalism. Yeah. Very cool. Yep. And yeah. essentialism too, because you mentioned it. Essentialism that's, is so good. Yes. Right in the, right along uh, the Okay. What's next? Okay. Equally as kind of like uh, tactful, um, creating, creating greater awareness as well, is everyone should do this right now if they, if they can. Pull out your phone. I get I said don't pull out your phone and be a dick. But pull out your phone. Um, if you have an iPhone, I don't know how to do this. But if you've got an iPhone, click on settings. Scroll down until you get to battery. Scroll down there a little bit, change it from percentage to time just by clicking on whatever I don't, it's right above. Mm-hmm. It's on the right hand side at the top of that list. It'll say FaceTime and um, um, f- uh, notes and it'll give you all the applications you've used and it will tell you how much time. I think now it shows you for the last 10 days mm-hmm. how much time you spent on your phone in the last 10 days. As I just said, if you spend 90 minutes a day on social media, your suicidal thoughts go up by 60%. Well, you better be underneath 90 minutes a day on social media. Mm -hmm. So start tracking. Things that get measured get improved. So just like if you were trying to improve your sleep and improve your workouts and lose weight, you can't improve your market share of your business and you know revenue like you have to track these things so let's start tracking how much time you're actually spending on your phone yeah apple, you, apple has made it easier they've got something called screen time now that's like less clicking and less oh, digging and, where's, and where is it, is it um, set, it's like a it's i don't know if it's technically an app but it's a it's a primary setting in an app in an iphone like it comes on your phone yeah called screen time yep yeah, and the only reason you may not have it is I don't spend enough time on my phone or, to know these things. Or you probably haven't updated your phone in like two oh, years. I don't believe in updates. <laughs> I, for real, I don't believe in updates. I, I have a theory that there are only two kinds, two types of people in the world. The first that avoid updates at all kinds, and the other that update immediately. I, I am, I am the, I am the latter. You I, are the former. Complete. Yeah. Every time I've updated my phone, um, the battery slows down, they, and they, they've admitted to this. They, yeah. Apple got sued for it, yeah. where they they actually said, "Yes, we sent for an older update. phones." Yeah, because yeah. That, yeah. So I'm out. Like you <laughs> lost me. I'm not updating. Really <laughs> the benefits. I, I I know how my phone works. I yeah. know I want totally. that. Yeah, yes. like th- I get it's it. It's fine. It's not a fear of change. I like yeah. change, but I have if you if you ha- if you mess me up once, I'm <laughs> I'm out. Yes. All right, did we get three there? Uh, I feel like that was a uh, uh, no. I don't think we did. Okay. I think we got. Would remind me. Well. Awareness we the, is kind of like this thing, right? Yeah. But then we have. Um, so we did a lot of like little things there, but all right. they're all they all come back down to awareness. Okay. Um, 
uh, one more, like, let's go one more, um, very tactful. I think yeah. we've talked about this before. Very tactful, um, is you only need one social media platform. Mm-hmm. Choose Facebook, Snapchat, or Instagram. Like d- you do not need all three of those things and really you don't need any of them. Mm-hmm. But I get it. If you want to stay connected to what people are doing, like you choose one. And then from there, don't follow more than a hundred people. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I had this conversation with Katrin and, um, <laughs> that was a long pause there. Yeah. <laughs> trying to figure out how to strategically, um, trying to figure out how to get her to spend less time yeah. on social media because it is like uh, my job as her coach is to get her p- to perform better. I believe that the more time you spend on social media is literally, it's like we talk about leaderboarding. You are being distracted from, you only have so many hours in the day. So first thing we did is like, let's track. How many hours are you spending? Cool. Like what we just talked about in the last step. Then from there, we can very quickly, systematically cut that down. Um, If we're following 535 people and you're the type of person that Katrin is, who's a perfectionist that needs to get caught up. You need to scroll through until you get to the thing that says you're all caught up because you don't want to miss anything. Well, that's going to take you quite a while to get through 535 people that have potentially posted. If you knock that down, we're at 335 right now. We've knocked off 100 two different times. So she wasn't allowed to leave the gym yesterday until she knocked 100 off. We've done that twice. We're at 335 now. Um, but so we, this isn't going to post for, I don't know, a month maybe. So it'll be interesting. So in, at a month, when, when this gets in posted. a month, she should be under our goal. My goal for her yeah. is to be under 30. Ooh. Okay. That'll be fun. To, but fun, fun to I keep, I try to keep it under 70. That's yeah. where I am. No, you're, I'm allowing, you're down to 70 now. I'm allowing people to go to, um, a <laughs> hundred. You, you give them hundred. Yes. yes. <laughs> Very cool. Okay. I think, um, I think I'm going to give you credit for three, even though there's probably like seven yeah. and some of cool. them are big I and small. All right. Those, cool. those are the, that was a three by three, three things everyone should do every morning, three tips for parents of teenagers, three ways to stop being addicted to your phone. And I, I honestly feel like so many of those things are related, like completely unintentional, but the things you were talking about, about do every morning, you know, being intentional. Everything being, we talk about on this yeah, podcast is related. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't intend that. I, I really thought I picked three very random things, but they're all, they were connected in, in ways I didn't, I didn't expect. So thank you. Thanks, Pat. We'll see everybody next week. You can get every episode of Chasing Excellence wherever you listen to your podcasts or on YouTube. Until next time. Thank you for listening.